Welcome back to the Monica Matthews Show. Happy Monday the 8th, the number of new beginnings. May the 8th, ni- uh, 19, there you go, 1923. <laughs> Not really. Uh, it's 2023. Welcome back. I do trust that you've had a beautiful weekend. I hope you have. I've spent the past few weekends doing some things that I have not done in a very long time. And uh, the Lord has a funny way of reminding us of the things that are buried beneath life, between between the beneath the treasury of, of dealing with you know our everyday lives, including what's happening at our border, what's happening in politics, what's happening in government uh, laws, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, is a very sweet way of actually honoring his word. So whenever he says that those who I'm a rewarder of those who diligently seek me, amen, rewarder of those who diligently seek me. And and that can come in a number of ways. And primarily in my years of being a Christian and backsliding, returning and backsliding, returning, and, and finally, you know, being home, <laughs> ready to walk this thing out as an adult, um, as a mature Christian, I, I would say that my experience has been he not only, as I pursue him, and I write about this in my book, which you can purchase at my website. It's also downloadable at, on Kindle, Amazon, uh, monicamatthews.com. But in my book, you know, I highlight the fact that any time I've ever sought his face, he always shows me mine. Isn't that powerful? He always shows me mine. And you know why? Because I am his creation. And he promises to reward us when we diligently seek him. And when we delight ourselves in the Lord, he is faithful to give us the desires of our heart. And for so many of us, and I know you can relate to this on some level, who really has time to even think about the desires of your heart? Most people have buried them so deeply beneath disappointments, interruptions, death, birth, marriage, funerals, divorce, um, you know, legal battles. I mean, confusion, Politics, job loss, any kind of loss, drama, accidents, right? And the desires of our hearts just slowly slip away. They fall to the bottom of the oceans within our souls. I'm feeling particularly poetic this evening. Because that's what happens whenever I spend time in the presence of my father through his son. Not not only and by the power of his Holy Spirit, not only through the word, 
the actual written word, but also in my meditations. And I, I literally meditate with guided meditation that is 1,000% scriptural, which is really powerful. I'm, I'm really looking forward to bringing this to you in the coming weeks. Um, if you're ready to take your faith to a whole other level, if, you're, if you are really tired of, of operating in a bowl of soup deep faith, um, th- this right here is, is uh, I can't even begin to tell you. I, I can't even put it into words that I'm a woman of words. All, all I can tell you is, is that it will absolutely, it'll rock your world and it will reveal things beautiful things about you beautiful things about you and all through the lens of our father who created you it's so beautifully simple It is so beautifully simple that when you take the time to meditate, which we are commanded to do, (laughs) like I don't even know how many times the word meditate is in scripture, but we are to continually, you know, let the meditations of my heart be pleasing to you and the words of my mouth. And, and by virtue of the words that come out of my face, sometimes you guys can tell when I haven't been meditating. (laughs) So, and if you're being honest, you can say the same for yourself and so, but it is impossible to spend time in the presence of our Father and His Son and the power of His Holy Spirit, who all, by the way, dwell within us. Um, it is in, we are seated in Christ. He is in us and we are in Him. And with that revelation and that level of fellowship, man, it is an ignition like anything I've ever experienced in my life. And, and I've, you know, some of you will message me. You're like, "Watch out for Richard Bach," you know, because I I, ha- I took a picture of my lakeside reading for the weekend. Uh, one of the books that I happen to enjoy, um, Emerson and Thoreau, and and but I didn't get to Thoreau this weekend. I really spent time in Richard Bach's um, Jonathan Livingston Seagull, and I am familiar with Richard Bach and his work. I you know, I and I and I'm also familiar with his. Um, the limitations that I find within, ironically enough, he is a person who believes in no limitations as humans go, but uh, allegedly he also believes in the ultimate reconciliation, which means that even Lucifer himself would be reconciled to our father, which is 1000% untrue. That is not scriptural. I do not know if that is his personal slant for sure. I've read that. I've been warned, etc. <clears throat> Excuse me, but I, but you know I'm also a person who chews the meat and spits out the bones, and and there's a lot of beautiful truth in Jonathan Livingston Seagull. It's such a simple book. It's like an adult children's book. It's just such an easy read, but if you're not careful, some of the most simple things will just get right past you. Right, it'll slide right past you. But so I spent time this weekend, you know, just out and about. 
in, in the quiet, in the still places I, I enjoy near the water, in the woods, you know, hiking, trekking through something, sweating, you know, just working it out. Also just lounging, listening to people laugh and picnic and boat ride and all the things that, you know, families do on the lake and, um, and drunk people, but, you know, just enjoying my time a little bit, an hour of solace in the wind, you know, in a breeze under trees, just reading. And it, that's how short of a read it is. <laughs> like you could get through it in no time. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm also familiar with his writing. So it was, it was more of a refresher, which I do tend to go over quite a few times. I digress. I would submit to you that Marianne Williamson is not far off, and she too is someone who I am I, I am not unfamiliar with her work, but it's only because I took the time to actually peer into her work and 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 do it unafraid because my scales are completely weighted and imbalanced by in 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 weight world you call it tear uh, the the tear of my scale of my weight with regard to anything, is always the word of God. So don't have to be afraid of people who come with, you know, secularism or humanism. It, it's actually, or, or the philosophers that I thoroughly enjoy, especially in Twitter spaces, uh, you know, I, I have... Um, I have the utmost respect for anyone who wants to spend time, you know... Uh, being in love with quote knowledge, my, my question becomes, and here's where my discernment comes in. And so does yours is the knowledge based in carnality or is it based in higher and greater and more vast things than we could possibly ever consume on this side of eternity through a loving and perfect and whole and orderly father. Because if it's not, it's simply man's highest level of ignorance at any given point in time. And that's okay because all of us are operating on that particular level at any given point in time. And there's mercy for that. But you don't have to be afraid of it. But I would submit to you that Marianne Williamson's not far off whenever she suggests that most people are so afraid. They're not afraid of, of, of their feebleness. They're, they're not afraid of being losers. We're actually more afraid of winning. And we say we're not. But when you hold a mirror up to when your father, a perfect and whole, holy creator, nothing missing, nothing, holds a mirror up to you, the fear is, the fear is, you won't be worthy of what you see. And some of you really understand what I'm saying right now. And until you've actually been in that space, this conversation won't make sense to you. Until you've made time to diligently seek him. I'm not talking about the 5,000 Bible verses and addresses that you all have memorized. No. I'm talking about it being bone of your bone, flesh of your flesh. You have intimate knowledge like a husband would of a wife and vice versa of the actual word. You've consumed it to the part where it is a part of your cellular makeup. You have received it on such a deep, passionate, private, heart, secret heart level that that every fiber of your being sings and rejoices 
with the truth of what your, your cells know are true about you. Not the generational lies, not the addictions that you're still stuck in, not the divorces you've been through, not the molestation you survived as a child, not the rape you endured in college, not the sexual confusion you may be living in or walking out of right now, not, you know, not the lying that you've done, not the stealing that you've done. But when you honestly, when a, when a mirror is held up to you about who you really are, that becomes a weight that without surrender to the the finished work of the cross for your wretched soul without him it is impossible to endure that level of love and that level of light that level of truth and honesty that is so pure it literally pierces through your soul with if you're not seated on the mercy seat inside of Christ. You can't endure that level of love without it being perverted, without it becoming pride, without it being denied. You can't. It's impossible. Because it's so pure that most of us have never encountered that, not from our parents. If you've had great parents, they, they come close. And even for those of us who didn't have great parents, our parents still loved us, did the best they could. And some parents just didn't. They were awful, right? And, and maybe that's because they, too, were raised awfully. And so you find mercy for that. You find compassion. You have to if you're going to live in any honest semblance of peace. You have to find mercy. And and once you realize fully, well, I don't think I've fully realized, but but once you have an inkling (laughs) of what went into paying for your frailties, faults, failures, complete and utter debauchery, you know, you name it. You know how we are. Fallen man. Awful, awful, awful right? But redeemed man, a a man or woman who realizes the depth and the breadth of their redemption. Wow. That's a powerful person. That's an unstoppable person. That's not to say that person can't get their lights punched out or or can't stumble and fall. But that person's not even looking for ways to stumble and fall. And you know, some of us have made a career path out of, you know, taking Father's grace and mercy for granted. I have boasted about that with friends, former friends, people I used to, commiserate with and during that season of my life and my faith walk. And, and we were both being very honest about, we think we keep returning to certain things because we know that father loves us no matter what. Well, well, there's a real, I mean, given our history, it made sense. Okay. 
and certainly not excusing anything that we've done. But given our history, it made sense that that we would look at something honestly and go, you know what? I'm just being real with each other and with Father and Son and Holy Ghost. Excuse me. I think the reason we keep returning to this awful vomit is because we know he's going to love us no matter what. And there wasn't really a fear and trembling around that. But when when you start to mature spiritually, you and you get a real glimpse of of just what's the the gravity, the gravity, the gravity that comes with the knowledge. And we there's no way we could take that. We, we, we thank Father above. We cannot possibly bear the weight of the, the the gravity of the actual situation of what his only begotten son went down into hell, endured on the cross, went into hell, and then came back to this wretched place before he ascended into his current position, along with ours, by the way, in the spirit. I know that's hard for some of you to understand, but we are first spirit beings. So your flesh is merely a suit. Your skin is a skin suit, (laughs) not to be confused with lizard people and skinwalkers. But um, although I've seen some pretty freaky things come out of people during deliverance ministry, so hmm, I think there's some truth to that. Um, maybe, but we couldn't possibly, my heart couldn't, my my heart could not possibly bear the, the gravity of the situation of what our heavenly father felt. Oh my gosh, a myriad of loss, grief. We can't even unimaginable, right? Uh, Coupled with it is done. It is finished. And I just kicked your ever-loving right, exactly like I told you I would. You will never ascend. Your throne will never ascend above mine. will never happen. These humans that I created, they may make you feel or think as if your throne would ever ascend above mine. But here's living, breathing, death, burial, resurrection, suffered, all of that proof that You will never ascend your throne above mine will never happen. So you can forget about ultimate reconciliation. That is a lie. That is a false doctrine that will never occur. God and Satan, God and Hillel and and Yahuwah and Hillel are not equals. To the same extent that Halel and Yahusha are not equals, no matter what your secret society books tell you. No matter how they've manipulated the word, they are not equals. They will never be equals. Not in any lifetime. I don't care how many dimensions you believe in and lifetimes you can live at one time. If you're a Richard Bach fan, you know what I'm saying. I don't that it doesn't matter. By the way, the Bible tells you it's appointed one time for man to die. So I'm not coming back as a cockroach or a lizard or Queen Elizabeth, thankfully. But um, 
you get my point. So I'm not into the multiple lifetimes of things or that there are different ripples of time going on at the same time. I mean, I guess anything's possible, right? Um, but if I'm going in accordance with the word, I have one life. It is appointed to me to live it once and to die once and then to be resurrected either into eternal glory or eternal death. That's it. That That's what I believe according to the word as it is written. So back to this, this heavenly fight, this family feud that, that we have going on. <clears throat> People would like to tell you that Allah and God, you know, the, the Hebrew and the Aramaic, and because Jesus spoke Aramaic, and those guys still think that Jesus' name is Jesus, and so there's that. But that, you know, that Yeshua, Yahusha, that somehow he's equal with, uh, with, with Allah and God are the same, but that is of, of Muhammad, and that is impossible because Muslims do not believe that our father has a only begotten son or an, a, a, an only begotten son. They don't believe that. So Jesus was a cool dude. He was an amazing prophet, and they do honor him as such, but he is not a savior. He is not the son of God. Allah does not have a son. So there. So let that settle it for you all. Stop falling for the intersectionality fiasco, which is the darkness that is descending upon the nation as we go. But back to redemption. I want to encourage some of you tonight. Because I feel very strongly, and I know in my spirit, that the time is, is now for, for you to get to higher ground. I do not have a calendar of Yahushua's return, contrary to what some of your beloved um, you know, televangelists will tell you, according to blood moons and this moon and that you know, rain shower in the trees and the spotted hoot owl, all of that. I, and I'm not, I'm just being funky, but it's because it really does aggravate me because it's like people spend more time screaming at you about when Christ is returning as opposed to, oh my gosh, making sure that your heart is in a position to receive his return. Man. They spend so much time scaring you to death of hell that you never get a chance to experience perfect love on this side of eternity, which is completely at our disposal. It is a gift to be received right now. And so... While everyone's tick-tocking away for Jesus' return, Yahushua's return, he will, in fact, return. I do believe that. Or while you're waiting for the great rapture to occur, there's a whole lot of beautiful life to live. No matter what's going on around us. So getting to higher ground means beginning at the beginning, which is, Simply saying yes. Stopping long enough to seek him diligently 
with everything you have. Not looking for other people's revelations. Not, and the only reason I can share this with you with the fervency and the passion and, and the love that I'm sharing the, in the mercy and grace and compassion is because I have taken the time to seek him and this is my reward. You are my reward. Isn't that wild? You're his reward, you're Christ's reward, but but you actually heeding the words of my mouth that come out of my revelatory time with the Godhead is going to be your reward. It is your reward. Like you are receiving, I'm imparting a gift to you. I can give you discounts on pillows, dog beds, you know, <laughs> hook you up with protecting your money at monicaprotectswithgold.com. None of that matters. None of the gold and silver is going to matter. None of it. None of it's going to protect you. None of it is going to get you into the ark, into higher ground before this tsunami. None of that will matter if you don't have a, if you don't heed the call home. None of that will matter. The word says, when he returns, will he find faith? And some of you do have faith, but a lot of the beauty of you and the gifts that he's bestowed upon you and the intimacy that he desires to take you into deeper levels of understanding of him, his word, and yourself, those things are lying in dust. They're latent. They're, 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 those things are not operational for, for many people. Or you're operating it at half power. This was so beautiful. I took myself down to Callaway Gardens yesterday. I felt called to go there. Man, beautiful place. I haven't been there since I was a kid. Brought back so many memories. And it's in Georgia. It's in like Nowhereville, Georgia. Just south of LaGrange and north of Columbus. So there you go. Uh, for you Fort Benning people, you know where that is. And so it's on the way to Fort Benning, actually. <clears throat> Excuse me. And it's about 23, 2,800 acres. It's a large tract of land. And they've just done a fantastic job keeping up with it. And, you know, it's a fabulous place to go vacation, play golf. They have a re- new spa, and resort area, lodge, beach, several beaches, beautiful gardens, lots of woodlands to be able to bike and you know, you can paddleboard. I mean, there's several lakes. Uh, you can, at, at some point, you can fish once they're finished with their restoration project. But um, they have national ski events there. I mean, it's just, it's lovely. And so it was such a beautiful time, and I felt called there. So they have a butterfly sanctuary, and I love butterflies. I love the whole concept of a of a butterfly. Right, I love metamorphosis. I, I I love the whole process, and but the but that part of the process where they just liquefy, they literally turn into ugh, 
You know, like that's the part where in order to emerge into the beauty that people like Marianne Williamson actually believe that we are, and she has a whole host of hokey things that I do not agree with. So I'm not suggesting that you run out and buy a Marianne Williamson book, but there are, again, there are nuggets <laughs> that even your hokiest, uh, you know, humanists, um, can't, and secularists, um, you know, as crystal as they are and butterflies and dream catchers and all that mess, um, as they are, there are some nuggets of truth and wisdom in what they say. Otherwise it wouldn't be attractive to the ears. Now would it? <laughs> so, but you don't have to be afraid of it, but I, I, but I, I think in order to get to the place that, that I'm, that I'm in, <laughs> to be quite honest with you, that the process I'm going through right now you, you, in the revelations I'm having by the minute going through these meditations, I can't wait to share it with you. Um, but I'm going to, because I'm in the middle of going through them myself and I'm not going to introduce something to you that I have not fully vetted, especially if it involves your spirit, mind and body, your soul. It's very important to me. So I'm going through it and it's working wonders for me. Um, but because it's the word, and that's what he does. He's wonderful. He's full of wonder. Amen? And so, so are we. But I, I think you have to go through the liquefying process, just like a butterfly, to get to the place where where you're actually almost capable of seeing the greatness that he's placed inside of you. Because the thing that freaks us out is, A, most people don't believe that they're worthy of it. They're worthy of any level of greatness because they're stuck on the fallen nature. They're stuck on the flesh, which I'm not suggesting is completely done away with because I do believe there's the being of sin and that, that is always going to be with us as long as we have you know breath in these, uh, these meat suits <laughs> and this skin suit. So, um, you know, I absolutely... Um, I absolutely believe that without acceptance through mercy and of his mercy and his grace, it's impossible for us to really receive the fact that we are forgiven and we're lovable and we are acceptable. We are accepted in the beloved and operating within our Christianity from that vantage point, from that reality, from that position. I'm always reminding you all about your position is very important to understand your actual position. Try going hiking without knowing where you started (laughs) in relation to where you want to end up. That's fun. Been there, done that a few times, and it doesn't really go very well. It certainly makes for great stories, but... Um, but it's, you know, harrowing in the process, very frustrating too, and unnecessary. So wisdom tells you, tells you as you mature as a hiker, uh, you always know where you're beginning. (laughs) What is your beginning position? Amen. You pilots out there understand what I'm saying. You got to understand where you are to understand what your heading is. You have to set your heading yourself. So how the heck are you going to do that if you don't know where you are? I teach that, I preach that all the time. So, but but with that, without knowing how beloved, how accepted you are, it is the motivation to repent from things that are lacking from who you truly are. 
is usually governed and prompted by fear. It is usually a cattle prod, and it's the fear of hell. It's the fear of disappointing a holy and perfect father. It's the, it's the fear of disappointing yourself and others. Some of you have had awful words of death spoken over you since you got here. But you're a Christian, by golly. But your life doesn't necessarily reflect that, at least internally, maybe it does externally. But I know through many of my ministry sessions, what goes on externally can be vastly different from the Wild West and in the constant battle ensuing internally that you just don't let people see. But you know what? Your body keeps the score and your body never lies. Now, it can produce lies. Let me let me say that. It can produce generational lies in the way of cancers and autoimmunity and things that, you know, there's no cancer in Yahusha. There's no autoimmune disease. There's no disease at all at the right hand of the Father. And if you're seated in him, then what are you doing with a disease? What are any of us doing with diseases? Why are any of us pursuing a life of sin? Why are we still hung up on the faults of our past? He said they're forgiven. Right? So it takes mercy. It takes growth and compassion and grace. And it takes being willing to become liquefied, to be quite honest with you. And when I... in the in and the most beautiful part of that was not only being liquefied, I did not realize that little butterfly wings, the reason you see them just chilling in the sun when they're actually sitting still and they're not just eating, but they're actually just chilling, right? It Their little wings are like little solar panels. Did you know that? I did not know that. I'm at a 52-year-old adult. I did not know that. And I did have a few science classes in my life. And I didn't know that. And I love butterflies. I love hummingbirds. You know, I, I just, I love certain flying things. And so, other than aircraft, but, um, but the butterfly generates its power to fly, to flap its beautiful little wings, its fluttering abilities is fueled by the sun. Oh my gosh, stop it. I mean, what a wonderful analogy. What a wonderful metaphor. Oh my goodness. The, the when we spend time in the sun with this cuz we are seated in the sun, but when we spend time in fellowship with the sun, our wings are also regenerated. Amen. And we are fueled for our flight, our flight for the day, our flight for the evening. And we're, and we're told to not worry about fuel for tomorrow. Definitely forget about fuel of the past. And only be concerned for the fuel of today. To have a vision and write it down and make it plain for sure. But as you're carrying out the vision, you are fueled for today. And we are refueled by the time we spend in and with the sun. 
Isn't that awesome? That's so beautiful. I have no idea why I'm led to some of the places I'm led to go, but my former producer can tell you that, you know, he would send me to places in D.C. or, you know, at some Faith Freedom Coalition, whatever. Oh, God help me. Uh, If I have to ever go to one of those again, no offense, you guys, but I'm just like, man, talk about echo chambers. (laughs) I think I'd rather go to a DNC convention. It'd be more lively, but but no offense, I love Ralph Reed. You know he's Ralph, but um, but but he would send me on assignments. You know where I or I'd ask, hey, can I take the weekend off from my show and and go to this? And you know, can you help me out with that? You know, I, I'd love to go. Just bring back. And he would always encourage me and say, absolutely, because every time you go, you bring back nuggets of just gold and gemstones and diamonds and and things that always encourage people and pour back into people. And I haven't done that in a really long time of of just being on quote assignment and I've been telling you guys for the past couple of weeks that I am on assignment. And so here's my assignment completed. It's to be able to bring back these stories of just beautiful moments where my heart and my mind were captivated long enough to be able to see him, to see his glory, to see his um, his art in nature, his art in just trees, my gosh, flowers, rivers, and, and lakes, and, you know, families laughing and barbecuing and, and hanging out on the water and swimming with their kids and, you know, holding couples holding hands and, you know, speaking with a husband and wife who were who were practicing husbandry there in one of the particular gardens that had been overgrown for nine years and they'd had a hard time finding help. No one wants to work. And so she and her husband took to the gardens and they, um, to this particular garden that's now more of a sunflower garden, but it's also a place where they have food trucks and wine tastings and, you know, they have performances in these beautiful, just beautiful, a beautiful space for fellowship and just good, clean fun for the family. Um, you know, and, and she and her husband and others all got together and restored this beautiful land, this land that had just been neglected. And so many of us have just neglected our land and it's really his land. Amen. You are his territory. You, your body was bought and paid for. Your soul was bought and paid for. It was redeemed. You were redeemed. So whenever I say, get into those weeds with him, allow him to start, get to higher ground. This is what I'm talking about. Allowing him through your pursuit of him to show you things that do need to be weeded and to replant some things in your life while you still have life. That is what we're being called to. All of the other things are added unto us. The word promises that. Seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things, the food, the clothing, the provision, basic, basic things. He's a good father. He takes care of our basic needs. We're not even talking about wealth, for God's sakes. We're talking about basic needs that he will absolutely meet whenever we pursue him. And his righteousness, 
which means it's not just his righteousness, but it becomes ours because it is ours. He gave it to us. We are the righteousness of our Father through Christ, Yehosha. That's who we are. That's your identity. So get to higher ground. We are called to higher living. We are called apart. We are called to separate ourselves from the world, no longer dabbling in it, being a mixture of the world and a mixture of the church. No. We are called to higher standards of living. And there's nothing wrong with that. There will be, according to the world, according to some of your family and your friends, your colleagues, your boss, maybe your employees, you know, when you start pursuing things of this nature, people notice. And it's not because you show up at work whacking people over the head with your Bible or show up at your next family dinner telling everyone they're going to hell if they don't get right or get left, they're going to get left. No, that's not what you don't hear that in my voice, do you? I hope not. That is not the spirit with which I'm addressing you. Now, I have been known to bring the hellfire and brimstone to my shows, um, especially when it comes to the children and people not standing up and watching wicked, ratchet, horrible, disgusting, vile, filth things happen to kids. And the church just idly sits by as if, you know, one or two of us are going to make the whole change. Right? Well, you get out there. You got a microphone, Monica. You're our voice. I'm like, no, I'm not. You got your own voice. I'm a voice. I am Monica. I am Monica J. Matthews. That is who I am. Monica Jeanette Matthews. That's who I am. And that's who I will always be. Well, unless I get remarried. But for now, I'm, and I'll always be Monica. So you, and I have my voice, you have yours. Quit counting on mine to be the only difference maker. The only reason I share my voice with you is to encourage you, to inform you maybe of something you were unaware of before you tuned in, and to hopefully impart a sense of urgency sometimes, um, peace hopefully even in the urgency, joy, laughter, spunk, sass, I mean, all the things that come with my personality, but moreover, anything about me is bringing you the only thing that matters. (laughs) And that is the word of a very living and breathing and passionate and touchy feely father who has gifted us with this written word of statutes and ordinances and ways of living according to a beautiful standard of love. So with that, I'm going to leave you to your evening. Thanks for hanging out with me. A lot of fun. You know what to do, right? MonicaProtectsWithGold.com <laughs> But, you know, hedge your money. Actually get your money out of all major banks and probably smaller ones too. I've moved over to a credit union. Um, happy to talk about that in another show. But uh, if you are going to hedge with metals, please use my handle at MonicaProtectsWithGold.com Otherwise, be good to your neighbor beginning in your own mirror. And remember, if you're an American, act like one.
Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion.